0: Good morning. Good morning. I'm Peggy. I'm reading from Ephesians 6:10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This is the word of our Lord.
1: Uh, my name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at uh, Redemption Tucson. It's uh, great to have you all here this morning. Great to be together. If uh, if you're new or you've never heard me preach before, I just want to make sure you all know what's going on. I have a speech impediment. It kind of comes in and out as uh, as I preach, and um, I also lost my voice a little bit last night. The game, little fun time. There we are. I I, yes, we can always cheer for that. Um, But you got to cheer for other things, all right? When I say amen, you can't just. Leave me hanging and be, and be silent. Um, so we're going to get into our time this morning. I do want to um, uh, give a, a special thanks again to uh, Josue and the, um, and the worship team from Redemption West M- Mesa. Let's go ahead and thank them um, for being here this morning. Yeah, so we um, often you know, like, to, um, like to participate in different um, musical worship experiences. Here, especially we're in a really diverse city, and um, we meet in a very diverse school and a very diverse part of town. And so, um, Redemption West Mesa. Blesses us when they're able. Um, I don't even know how they're getting through the service though without um this morning, but uh, but they are, and um, we just love. Uh, you know, we don't always get to experience the blessing of being a part of Redemption Church, which is one church and multiple congregations throughout Arizona. And um, West Mesa was actually the first Redemption congregation I ever went to, so it's always just so 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 cool and great to have them here. And, and my wife even made the cut and got to be on the worship team, which was which was fun this morning. Um, But um, go ahead and turn with me. We're going to get right into it. We got a lot to cover this morning in Ephesians chapter 6. As we kind of keep working our way, we have, I think we have three sermons left, including this one um, in Ephesians. And so um, this is a big big one. Okay. So we're going to dive into it. So if you. We'll go ahead and turn with me there, if Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. If you don't have a copy of God's Word with you on your phone or, or in kind of hard copy form, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you a copy of God's Word. Y en español, si quiere la Biblia y no tiene, por favor, levanta su mano y diga español. Y si no... Tiene una Biblia. Uh, eso es regalo a usted. Y esta mañana estamos en Efesios capítulo seis uh, versículo diez. And to be clear, if you're new, I say that every week, not just showing off for Jose. Um, but that's about all I got. So. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, again, um, as I said, if you don't have a copy of God's word, please keep this, okay? This is our gift to you. We want to make sure everyone has um, God's word that they can read and understand and follow along with. As we'll learn in a bit here, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the, the sword of the, the spirit that God has given us and is intentional and purposeful to, to shape us and to protect us. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and pray, all right? And ask the Lord to lead through our time this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. Um, thank you for the opportunity we have to settle in right now. Lord, I don't know where everyone's coming from this m- morning, all kinds of different places, whether um, just out of the gates there when we spent time confessing our sin or um, if some of us might be kind of stuck there or in the assurance of grace and standing and perhaps some here knowing I don't know where, I, where I'm at with Jesus. Um, Lord, I pray and trust that through your word, through the preaching of your word, word overseen by your spirit, that you will lead us to respond to the good news of the person and work of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right. Pick up with me in verse 10 of chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So right out of the gates here, Paul um, this morning um, kind of shifts gears. And, and, and that word finally should be like a little bit of an alarm for us of, hey, um, everything I've said before, is now um, informed by what I'm about to say. All right, so the last number of months, right, for us, like 10 months, we've been walking through Ephesians. We've been hearing all these different things, and what he's saying is now, um, everything I've told you, all right, and, and just a quick recap, and in a couple of weeks we'll do a full recap, but just a couple of those things have been this. The good news of who you are through faith In Jesus, okay, that that apart from God's intervention, we are dead in our trespasses is some of the language that's used. Dead, helpless, hopeless, right? Not able to work our way to being forgiven or restored in our relationship with God. We're dead. And then the good news, but God, but God has intervened. But though you are naturally children of wrath, Jesus has come and has laid down his life on the cross and has victoriously raised from the dead and is right now seated next to the right hand of God, the father, and he's ruling over all things. And, and, he's, and now he's, he's sent his spirit to fill um, you, his, his church. He's called you to respond in faith and he's now reconciled you to, to, to your creator, God. He's reconciled you to yourself. He's reconciled you to your neighbor, all right, um, to, to your, your wife, your husband, to your, your children, to every relationship you have, and, and all these things. This is good news. And then, again, we heard that, that, that he's not just doing that so we could just kind of sit here and then wait until we get, like, you know, kind of zapped up one day or something, the way we tend to think about it. But, but he said, no, and there's a purpose. God's got a plan for you. It, he's grandstanding you and me and us, his church. He's flexing his muscle to, as we saw there, and we'll hear more about, the, the cosmic realm, all right? To the whole created order, the, the universe, everything we see, and even the stuff we don't see, all right? The spiritual realm which again, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about kind of FYI or little, little disclaimer there. We're going to talk about some of this stuff this morning. And he's saying, um, he's, he's showing himself his glory, his power through, through you, the church. And then now Paul gets in, in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, all that stuff. That's the good news of Jesus. The gospel it's coming under attack. And you need to know it. And you need to be prepared for it. All right, when I, was, um, when I was growing up, I grew up in like the 80s, in the uh, 1980s. And um, we watched a lot of moon, movies then. Some of you, Any other like 80s kids kind of products around here, people that remember that? Right, yeah, we got a few of us. Don't be shy. Um, so all the movies that came out, we would watch um, about like, you know, like all the r- r- Rocky movies, right? Like we would watch Rocky movies, Karate Kid. There were tons of like movies about ninjas, Um, right? You guys might, you millennials might think ninjas are like a new fad. No. Okay. Ninjas, we were way before you there. Every Halloween costume for like 10 years was a ninja. Okay. And so, well, every time we in my neighborhood, we would watch these movies, um, or we'd watch a football game, every Super Bowl, whatever it is, we'd go out and act it out, right? We'd go and live that out. Like, that's how we basically, our social interaction was based on whatever we just saw. And the way it would usually go is we'd watch, like, a boxing movie or a karate movie, and then we'd get home, and we'd have to improvise. We'd be like, hey, well, we don't have boxing gloves. I know, let's use pillows, right? So we get pillows and you'd use pillows, you'd hold onto them and kind of punch each other. And of course, you know, pillows only cover so much of your hand. And and then eventually we'd get boxing gloves. Well, inevitably, whatever it was, it would turn into a fight. All right. Always like this is the way it would go. And thankfully we weren't that tough or whatever. It would usually not bring much damage. But how it would usually go is someone during the fight would go from this is a friendly, you know, love your neighbor kind of competition to like an all out brawl. And it would, and it would honestly inevitably happen wherever we were. There was a particular apartment complex. I can remember where it would always happen. Like, you know, there it was like the Gettysburg or something, right? Fog would roll in. And, but, but, but the hard part is, especially if you weren't the instigator um, of the fight, you, you didn't know you were in the fight yet all right and that could go bad for you cuz you think you're boxing and then all of a sudden you get like taken down on the ground and you're you know and you're like what's going on here i didn't know i'm in this fight yet and 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 so and so um that's kind of a silly image but it's a truth like if you don't know you're in a fight it's hard to to win all right it's it's hard to fight back it's hard and then if you don't have the right equipment right you don't you don't it's it's then it's 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 hard to really um, to, to win. And it's hard to stand strong. It's hard to hold your own. And, and and while that's kind of silly with, you know, little, whatever, 12 year old kids, that's the kind of idea that Paul wants to, to, to kind of, if you picture like grabbing people by the scruff of the, of the shirt and saying, listen, you're in a fight and you need to know it because if you don't know it, you're going to get knocked down. And you're going to be, you're going to be laying there and you're not, you're not going to be living out the the call God has for you And, 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 and you're going to get wrecked. And you also need to know the right equipment, right? You need to know how to engage in this fight. Because if you just go about it in the way that you think you do and the way you go about everything else in the world, you're going to think you're fighting back. You're going to think you're protecting yourself, but you're going to get wrecked. And the big idea that he wants the church to know 2,000 years ago in Ephesus and you and me here today is that we are indeed in a fight. But it's a fight that Jesus has already won and that Jesus has given us the equipment, the right equipment. He's told us how to stand firm. Okay, and how to engage this thing. And so that's why he says now he shifts gears and this whole section, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Whose might? His might. Guys, this is so key. The same author, Paul, elsewhere says things and there's all kinds of um, spots throughout scripture where you see this theme of standing firm. All right, I I just wanna come out of the gates here and even tell us if you're a Christian and you've grown up in the church or this is your first time ever being around kind of, you know, churchy things, And you've been sold something or you've been presented with something like, oh, it's really easy. Just sprinkle some Jesus on your life and it'll just, you'll just kind of cruise. All right. It'll be good. Oh, the missing piece in your life is, is just Jesus. Just Christianity. You just need to show up for a couple hours on a Sunday and do some things and it'll go well for you. Well, that's scripture is never like sugarcoating things. It's, it's clear you're in a battle. You need to stand firm in Hebrews. There's a message, Hebrews 12. Run the race that's been set before you with perseverance, looking to Jesus. Okay, so it's not easy. And also, don't rely on your own efforts. Don't rely on your own strength. Okay, the clear message is you don't have what it takes on your own. Okay, and you will get wrecked. Okay, but you don't show up to the bu- bully's door on your own. All right, you've got Big Brother with you, right? Who's 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 already won the fight? Paul in First Corinthians uses the same language when he's preaching to the church in Corinth, which is really dangerous. All right, and he gets some hard things going on there. He says, "When I came preaching, I didn't come to you with eloquent speech or with. Was, in fact, I was with you with in fear and in much trembling." He says, "And I came clinging to um, Jesus and Him crucified." He says, my message and my speech were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of his power so that your faith wouldn't rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, right? Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter five says, says, blessed are the poor in spirit. All right. That word poor means you're, you're impoverished. You have nothing of your own to hold on to. Okay. So this idea is always stand firm in the strength of his might. Okay. That's right out of the gates. That's that we've got to understand. That is not just grit your teeth and, and be strong and resist the devil in your own power. It's no, no. Okay. Stand firm because Jesus has already won. Okay. So, so don't, so don't try to try to do it on your own, but no, find yourself in, in him. And then in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, a couple things here is, again, as we engage in this fight is this. We need to know who we're fighting and what he does to try to take us out of the game. All right, so first of all, who we're fighting. If you notice, he doesn't do what probably we would like right now. He doesn't give us this exhaustive kind of history of Satan. And probably some of us need that. Okay, right now, because, and I'm not going to fully, we don't have time to go into this exhaustively, but here's why he doesn't do that. Because unlike a lot of us, and let me just say, we're in the minority right now. Unlike a lot of us, these people in this church, they knew that the cosmic realm, that that word that was used, that the spiritual dimensions are very real. Okay, in our day, we tend to think, oh, well, if I don't see it, it's not real, right? Right? Like Nacho Libre, the guy, you know, well, I believe in science, you know, like I don't, you know, we kind of pit this thing, like it's one against the other. Like it's okay. Like I I don't, I don't believe in God. um, I don't believe in spiritual things or I do believe in God, but it's all intellectual. It's seminary. It's kind of in a book. And if it's, if it's anything out there that I can't see, oh, that's just kind of hocus pocus stuff. And again, this is, this is clearly not the understanding in Ephesians. And let me just say too, in the rest of the world, even as I look out right now, I know there's a lot of people who have traveled to different places who have experienced and probably m- many of us here too have experienced some level of spiritual oppression Right, whether it's in a dream, whether it's kind of just a gut feeling, it's a it's a, it's a sense of opposition. Um, sometimes you think, "Oh man, I just I got so drunk, you know, or so wasted, and that's what it was." And it could have been informed by that, but 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 it, just the assumption I have, and in that in the scripture absolutely affirms, is no, we have an adversary, and this is who he is. Just kind of quickly, is the angel of light, look. Lucifer. Okay, um, wanted to replace God. Thought he could, he could, he could thwart God. And God is the creator of all things. He's the hero of the story. He's the author. All things were created through him and for him. And Lu- Lucifer said, "No, I want to be worshipped. I don't want to worship." And so he was cast out of out of heaven. He's not in equal with God. Okay, he was like he was like put in his place and kicked out. And then a third of the angels um, were were sent out with him. And those are the Demons, okay. Demons. If you wonder, they are they are fallen angels, and Satan isn't omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He's not um, omniscient, all knowing. He's not all powerful. Okay. He's 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 a he's um he's kicked out, and and his end his fate has already been sealed. All right. We've used this image before. He's already gotten the knockout blow, right? And he's on his way to the canvas. He's wavering, but he's flailing punches right now. And that's where Paul says, Hey, if you don't realize it, you're going to walk into one of those punches. Okay. Those punches ultimately have no power, but if you don't even know they're there, you could get knocked. You could get knocked down. And just on that note, let me just say too quickly, um, hell is not like Satan's domain where he rules and you know, whatever you've seen, like Pinocchio or some image of, you know, of hell, right? Where they, everyone turns into donkeys, but they're all like smoking cigars, like eight-year-old kids and, you know, drinking and, you know, playing poker and stuff. Cause obviously poker's clearly of the devil, you know, or whatever it's right. These things that are like portrayed, no, like hell is God holds the keys. Okay. He, he sends Satan and his, and his demons there. That's there. That's where they're headed. Okay, that's where he is sending them, and we know that and and just this isn't popular, but all those who, who are not found in Christ, all those who have not put their faith in Christ are, are also separated from all uh, for all eternity from God. and that's serious, and that message has been preached um, throughout this book of Ephesians, It's clear. Listen, your only hope is God's intervention on your behalf through the person and work of Jesus, his life, death and resurrection. He's calling you to relationship with himself. Okay, so that's our enemy. That's who this is. And again, Paul didn't even take the time because these people knew it. All right. They weren't they weren't like us trying to make. Oh, well, if I don't see it, then I'm good. But on that note too, so that's who it is. Now, what does he do? What are the schemes, right? He says that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. In short, it's this. To undo everything we've heard about all throughout Ephesians. Right? The entire book of Ephesians has been about the reconciling work of Jesus. Okay, if you've been here for the last couple months, if you're here, if you've, we've talked about God, again, God reconciling us to himself, Okay, that's not just not, that's not something we just do easily on our own. That's a massive idea. Again, we're dead. And then he steps in and intervenes and reconciles us to himself. And then he reconciles us to our own selves. Right? That we're created and that we we and that shame entered in and and, and, and hopelessness and despair. And then through Jesus' intervention, we're we restored to ourselves that we can now um, again like we walked through this morning, stand with the assurance of grace. Right? There's now no shame, no condemnation. And then we're reconciled with others, with our neighbors. Right? Some of us that come from broken families get to experience. Whole families where older men and older women can become like fathers and m- mothers and where younger um, younger people can become like children and brothers and sisters in Christ and, and this incredible, beautiful picture. We got to experience that last night at our house over to dinner and even praying this morning with um who was on the on the worship team. We we're just talking about God's reconciling work that's that's crazy, right? That we that like you, you know, could have taken a job here, but you look back and, and God brought you to this place and and brought you to this community and these different things that He's done in that work, and it's incredible, it's beautiful, it's reconciling. It it reflects God's glory and his creativity and his beauty. And the enemy's schemes are to break that up. Now, hear me on this, okay? This is so important because in our day, we think, well, I don't really believe in it because I don't see it. Okay? The enemy's objective is not to scare you, but to impede you. Okay? He's not looking to jump out of under your bed, you know, oogly boogly, you know, and uh, you know, like he knows in our day, one of the best ways to trip us up to impede us is for us to not even believe he's there. All right. Like, remember, like the best way to lose a fight is to not even know you're in a fight, right? And he's he's okay using whatever kinds of schemes are at his disposal. Social media, right? Consumerism, shame, self-talk, whatever kinds of different things are going to trip us up. He's all about it. He's all about the work of division. And the other thing he's all about, okay, we've got to hear this, especially young pe- people here. Okay, if you're in junior high, high school, college, you're, you're constantly getting sold a message that's this. Hey, you can have all the pleasure, but I'm going to withhold telling you about the pain that, that, that is about to come. You can just like straight talk. You can, you can, you can get drunk and be numb, numb to the pain. You can, um, you can look at pornography and have all the, all the, all the enjoyment and all the intimacy, the false intimacy that you think you can handle. And it's like laying out a mirage before you that you dive headfirst into and then come up with a mouth full of sand. And that's what happens time and time again. But again, the schemes of the devil is not to Give you the whole main message on the front end. Instead, it's saying, hey, this will satisfy you. You, you, don't need to, you. you don't need to be reconciled to God. You don't need to be reconciled to your neighbor. You don't need to be reconciled to yourself. You don't really need Jesus. It's the same message that took place in Genesis chapter 3 when sin entered into the world, where, where, the, where Satan, who showed up in the form of a, ser- of a serpent, questioned the character and the integrity. And the oversight of God said, you don't, you don't need him. You, you could, you'd do better off on your own. And how's that worked out for us? Okay. So he continues to preach this message of, of all the pleasure without the pain. Okay. And, And so, and so Jesus has come to undo that. And then, and then it goes on in verse 13 here, he starts to talk about the spiritual armor to put on. Okay, so know your enemy, know the schemes, right? Know you're in a fight. And then now he goes on to start talking about, now know, um, know, know the right gear to put on, all right? Know the right equipment that you need in order to succeed in this fight. Um, so he goes on and he picks up here in, in uh, in verse, in verse 13, he starts talking about this armor. And um, I didn't really grow up in a Christian house, right? I didn't grow up going to like church camp and all these things. I was talking to someone this morning, I think Peter, who's on the, on the worship team here. And he was just telling me about all these different thing like videos you could watch. And um, what was, where is Peter? I don't know. What was the one with the, it sounded crazy, the dude in spandex and Bible man. Okay. And, uh, and he's putting on the armor and all this stuff. And again, like, I don't think that helps us take this stuff very seriously. I don't know. Maybe it helps kids. Maybe. Um, I don't know. It might even be a little bit, maybe condescending toward kids, but like this stuff is talking about is saying, listen, this is real. You're in a real fight and this is what you need. Okay. Put on the armor of God. Okay. Like get ready for battle. Um, When I was in eighth grade, I tried out for the big basketball team. And I don't know why a couple people are laughing right now, (laughs) because clearly I am built for big basketball. Well, um, I probably would have had this incredible career and all this stuff, but um, one little loophole that I didn't foresee is I didn't have the right equipment. All right, so I was a little skater kid, kind of inner city, um, little wannabe gangster slash skater cater. So I show up in like long jean shorts and some Vans on and, you know, some, probably some kind of hemp ne- necklace or something or gold chain. And, um and like, headed to a ball, right? Like I showed up and I'd watched all kinds of things. Well, I got cut like first day and it was probably because I didn't have the right equipment on. It, there were probably some other factors at play, but I seriously, though, just remember like slipping and sliding, like if vans weren't cut out for basketball. You know, everyone else's shoes are squeaking. Mine, I'm just slipping right down. I'm falling. And um, it was an ugly scene. I remember coach was like, hey, this, this probably isn't really for you. And I was good. But, but you can see what it looks like, right? Like you just show up and you're not, you're not equipped, right? You're, you show up to the, the party and you're not dressed appropriately. Well, again, the stakes are so much higher here when we talk about God's, God's plan, his plan for you, for me, for us, for his people. It's not sprinkle on Jesus. It's not Sunday school, church, just show up and go through it. He's got big plans. And he says, listen, you need to be equipped for what I've called you into. And so that's where he picks up now in verse, in verse 13. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, okay? that, that, that you might be ready for what you're doing. He says, stand therefore, verse 14, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay? The belt of truth and the, and the breastplate of r- righteousness. Okay? The belt held everything together. All right. You didn't just in that, in those days when you were getting equipped for battle. it's not just a, just a neat little add on like a belt, like accessory, right. To match your shoes and your watch or whatever, which no, mine don't. Um, okay. But it's, it's like, that's not how it worked. There's no, this is absolutely necessary to keep everything together. You need the belt of truth. You need to bless the breastplate of righteousness, but our tendency in here and that is like, okay, cool. Right, right, right. Right. Um, okay. I got all this. I'm going to now put on all my gear. All right, on my own and I'm going to move on from here. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hold on to the truth. I'm going to conjure up some truth. I'm going to I'm going to muscle up some righteousness and then I'll be good. But no, going back to the very beginning here in verse 10, right? Um, stand strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So listen, truth and righteousness. Sorry, AV team there. I'm going all over the place here. When he says stand strong, in the, in, 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 okay, put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, it's this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Okay, that Jesus being the very righteousness of God entered into our brokenness, to our unrighteousness. And then he, he um, laid himself down on the cross and then was raised victoriously from the dead so that we now find ourselves in him so that he has now given us his righteousness. So so, 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 so we, we stand not, we don't just leave what he's done back there. No, we stand in his truth because Jesus is the truth you now live in the truth as you find yourself in him. Okay, because Jesus is the righteousness of God, you now can walk in righteousness. Okay, it's, uh, we've heard this image before of, if you picture with me the hub of a wo- wheel, right? The person and work of Jesus, the gospel, all that he's done is at the center we never get away from it, right? The, the hub of a wheel never, um, I'm going to use a bunch of double neg- negatives here, okay? never stops being necessary, right? You never get past it. If you take away the hub of the wheel, the wheel collapses on itself, okay? The truth and the righteousness of Jesus continues to be where we find ourselves so that we can then walk in truth and righteousness, amen? And then he goes on similarly in, uh, in verse 15, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Okay. Put on the shoes of the gospel. Again, okay, you never get away from it. Okay. You show up, right? I was wearing Vans, right? The wrong shoes there. This is the idea. You're firmly planted. If you're, you're going to engage in this fight, you've got to be standing firm on the gospel you never get past it. You never think, oh yeah, I got that. Okay, we as a church, I pray that if someone says, hey, we, we preach the gospel too much, right? I'm, I, I want some meat. I want to get into these other things. It's like, yeah, those other things are, are, are dependent upon the gospel. Okay, Lord willing, lo- uh, we pray that every week, week in and week out, we would, be, we would be grounded in the gospel. As a church, Redemption Church, we say we're gospel-centered and outward-focused. Okay, that we would have our feet firmly planted in the gospel of Jesus. Never getting away from that. Never thinking we, okay, now we can move on to to bigger and better things. Know that we're standing firm in this fight. Having put on the, the, the shoes of the gospel. Some translations say, shod your feet with the gospel. I love that word. I don't know why this one doesn't use it. I think we should bring that back. You know, kids, you know, shod your feet and then get in, you know, with your shoes and then get in the car, right? Like... We should use it more. I think I, I, I like it better. So but anyway, put on the shoes, okay? Um, as shoes for your feet, having put on um, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Can peace reconcile to God, reconcile to ourselves, reconcile to the world around us? You, you engage the world around you very, very differently when, you, uh, when you're coming from a place of reconciliation, with God's self and others, right? All coming back from the gospel. And then it goes on. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one okay the shield of faith is this image would have come to mind okay it's not like a shield like a little shield you're like you know boom boom you know and you're just kind of doing this deal and there were those kind of shields but there were also the ones that could withstand any kind of attack and it was like a head to toe type of shield all right it was not made of a material that again in that day certain arrows would be could be dipped in like tar or something like that and then lit on fire and if you didn't have the right if you're holding a wooden shield right and a flaming dart is coming at you that's not gonna last very long right like like, oh man I didn't think this one through right he's saying no you you need to have the right kind of shield you're not just gonna you're engaging in a war right you're a, a freshman in in college you're you're a freshman in high school you're going into a battle and, and, and there are going to be things coming at you from every direction. Okay. Have the right kind of shield, the right kind of protection. And that protection is one of faith. Here's what faith means. Okay. We, we might think all these different things. Oh, I, I like to think faith is this. I like to think faith is that. Yes. Faith is indeed um, a, a hope in things that we, that we cannot, cannot fully see and understand. Ultimately, foundationally, what faith is, is a transfer of trust. Okay, where does your where is your your hope found? Where is your security found? Okay, how do you engage this thing? When things come at you, what's gonna, what's gonna keep you strong? It's faith that God has given. We hear all again, even earlier in if Ephesians, right? By grace you have been saved. That's undeserved favor through faith, and that is a gift of God, not by um, works, so that no one may boast. Right? Like you're you're you've been restored to God. You've been restored to yourself. You you can stand secure. You can stand against all kinds of different attacks because God has given you something not that you could conjure up on your own, but that He has given, that He has supplied, and it's a faith. It's a it's a transfer of trust, not in self, but in Him. So let me just ask, like, what does that look like really practically for you in your life? Okay, ask yourself, perhaps after this, your spouse or your friend or your parents or whomever it is. And if you're not in community, I just want to again implore you and encourage you to be in community. This whole, this whole deal, again, Paul has been talking time in and time out that we're not created to live in little individualized silos. Okay, that's more our, our culture and, and our day. Okay. When he's talking about how to go about how to put on this armor, there's a collective communal element here. That's just assumed. Okay. Don't go at this alone. And so ask each other, ask yourselves, journal about this stuff. Think about, okay, what am I, what kind of darts am I more vulnerable to? What kind of accusations? What kind of temptations? And if we think, man, I just had a really good experience. I just got back from a retreat and I felt really good. I feel like God really, really loves me right now. Well, when those times don't come and we're tempted to look for love in all the wrong places. Right? We, we understand that, no, our, our trust, our hope, our protection is, is in a faith, in a transfer of trust that is now in him. That's not in how I feel. That's not in how good I've been. That not, I've checked off all the boxes. I read scripture this morning. I had a you know, three-hour quiet time over, you know, there were candles lit or whatever you do, essential oils or, you know, whatever those, you know. And, and it was so good, and I just felt close to God's presence, And I don't want to totally downplay. Those things can be good, right? Those can be good moments. But that's not ultimately what protects us against these these accusations, these doubts, these attacks, these temptations. Take up the shield of faith. And then he, um, he, he goes on now and he says in verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, the helmet of salvation is remembering whose you are. Okay, you're in a battle. And, and I know for many of us right now, it might feel like we are losing. It might feel like you're just like, I don't know that I can keep going on. My f- family got sick, all but two of us, and our family of six was wrecked this week in different ways. Um, we're just, you know, sometimes whatever it is, like financially this is going on, or, or inner, personally, or at work, you're under um, like an unjust boss, or you're getting accused of things that you didn't do, or, or because of your faith, you're experiencing persecution. And it's like, man, I don't know where, where I can go, go on anymore. Okay. He wants to, to remind us, listen, your head, the most vulnerable and important part of you is protected, secured by the helmet of salvation. Let me give us a little picture here from R- Romans. This same author here, Paul wrote, what kind of confidence we can have. What does it look like for you to proceed? Even when you feel like you're struggling, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, whether you're, 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 you're up on a mountaintop or down in a valley or anywhere in between you're struggling, you're wondering what, what does it look like to proceed in light of your salvation? In light of who you are in Christ, of how you belong to Jesus, what does that look like? Here's what we read in Romans 8, 37 and 39. Because of your salvation found in Christ, he says this, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. Again, he's talking about the spiritual realm here, okay? Okay. In all these things, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. If, you've, if, you've found, if you're found in Christ, if you belong to Jesus, if you've put your faith in him, okay, your trust is found in him, you're saved, you're secure. In Hebrews, he makes a promise. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we, we, can, we can stand in this kind of place in Romans 8, wherever we are, we're in a fight. And if we find ourselves just getting punched by the flailing, um, flailing blows of the, of the evil one, the enemy who's already been defeated, wherever we find ourselves, we can say, listen, whatever happens, I'm secure. Whatever happens, he has already won. That's good news, amen? It did, does that not inform how we go about this battle we're in? When you know you're already secure, you're already saved, you're already promised an eternal inheritance of glory, which Jesus has already revealed a foretaste of as he, as he rose from the dead victorious. That's the kind of image he calls us now to walk in, to put on this helmet of salvation. And then he says in the second part of that, Right, taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, when we say at the beginning, hey, raise your hand if you need a Bible. Right, when we, when we encourage you, hey, read your Bible, learn how to read your Bible. If you don't know how, we've got some things, we've got redemption studies that we do from time to time to help you learn how to study the Bible. Okay, it's because we understand things like Isaiah 40 says, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Okay, Hebrews says that the word of God is, um, is sharper, is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword. Like, this is the power that you and I have been given to continue to faithfully, to boldly continue in the fight that we're in. Okay, so what does this look like really, really practically? Let me share one way it has for me. about 11 years ago, when my now 11-year-old triplets were a couple months old, and my wife and I were like new parents, were, you know, kind of struggling through parenting and all this stuff, and our, you know, just kind of straight talk, you know, any newborn, any new parents out here know what I'm talking about here. Intimacy wasn't exactly easy to come by, and, you know, and just arguing, and you're, you're up at 3 in the morning, and everyone's throwing up and cr- crying and it's, it's ugly and difficult. Well, um, I was at a snowboard shop, obviously not here in Tucson. Um, and I was trying to get some equipment for a ministry event we had going on. And I found myself across the counter with a attractive young woman. And I felt like she was floating. Wording. She very well may not have been, might've been all on me. Um, but I'm in this, t- I'm tired. I'm struggling. I find myself in this interaction and um, I'm, I'm too tempted. And I'm, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, just to kind of engage and to again, like feel whatever, you know, attractive or desired or whatever it is. Well, in that moment, you know what kind of got me out of that? It wasn't that I had a rung rubber band on my wrist that I snapped whenever I had a bad thought. It wasn't that I had like a bunch of filters on my computer, right? It wasn't all the accountability groups I was in that I knew I'd have to confess when I, you know, which, which all that's good. God through his spirit re- reminded me of a verse that I thought was seemingly unrelated that I had, had memorized um, like years before actually. It was easy and short, so I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn that one. But right, it's one that we often say here, right? We say, um, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts or the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Right? Let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In that moment, the spirit just flooded my heart with that. The sword of the spirit, right? I didn't pull out my Bible right there. But by his grace, having spent time in his word, having thankfully grown up in a church here in town, Catalina Foothills Church, for a few years that I was there, that the pastor would often recite that verse before he would stand up and preach. And, I, and it sunk deeply into my heart. And in that moment of vulnerable temptation, the spirit brought to mind the word of God, the, the sword of truth. And I thankfully kind of fumbled and bumbled and got out of there. And, you know, and, uh, and again, it wasn't that girl's fault. I was vulnerable. I have a sinful heart that's prone to wander. And yet the Lord protected me with the sword of his truth, his word. So that's why we're a Bible church, okay? That's why we stand firm on the word of God. And then lastly, he, uh, he goes on in verse 18. And we're going to pick up more on this in in next week, but I just, it's absolutely fitting here. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Pray constantly. Again, prayer and God's word are not extracurriculars, right? You're not extra cool or special, or you're going to stand above others, or this is kind of brownie points, you get extra gold stars, whatever, if you do that stuff, it's essential. Because this is our loving God saying, hey, I know you, I created you, I love you, I know what you need, I know where you're vulnerable, and it's not to stand strong in your own effort. Okay, you need me, and the most humble thing we can do is, is, is pour over God's word and recognize, Lord, I don't have it on my own, I need it from you. And then to, to bow our heads together and individually to pray without ceasing constantly to, to have our, our first flinch be, Lord, I need you. Lord, Lord, in this moment, um, in this conversation, I'm struggling right now. I want to lash back right now, but Lord, let me guard my tongue. Let me let, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Okay. We humble ourselves before God through prayer through, through standing firm on his word. Again, we're in a fight. Okay, the, 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 the worst place we can be is to continue in our kind of numb, just go through the motions, again, sprinkle some Jesus, just be good American Christians, do, do, the, do the religious thing and just continue on, right? The enemy, the adversary is totally okay with that. When we don't even recognize we're in a fight, we're vulnerable. We don't even recognize the kind of arrows he's, 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 he wants to take us out of the game. He doesn't want to scare you. He wants to impede you. But the good news of Jesus is that he's already won. And he's given us the equipment, the right tools, all right, to find ourselves in, to ground us so that we may stand firm and continue to live, to participate in his mission of revealing his glory through us, reconciled to him, reconciled to ourselves, reconciled to each other. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, for your good news. Lord, I pray that you will, um, again, Lord, that you you will meet the needs that we have, that you will lead us as we need to be led. Lord, I don't know where everyone's at in here this morning, and thankfully you do. Lord, I pray for those of us who are in a fight but don't know it. Lord, for those of us who are in a fight and we know it all too well but we feel helpless and powerless. Lord, those of us who are in a fight and we're relying on the wrong equipment. Lord, I pray that through your word, through the work of your spirit, you would lead us to respond or to stand firm in faith or to cling to your word or the sword of your spirit and to constantly pray for one another. Lord, I pray that now we would respond individually and as a community according to this good news of Jesus that we've heard. In his name we pray, amen.